In today's Live Treasured podcast, I have very special guest, Valerie Shepard, the daughter of Elizabeth Elliot. You know, Elizabeth Elliot is one of my favorite Bible teachers. I think it's so important that we put ourselves under good, solid biblical teaching. And I've certainly received that by connecting with the Elizabeth Elliot Foundation, where they housed all of her teachings. Um, she has a devotional that you can, they have a devotional you can sign up for. I'm on that list, um, as well as a brand new biography that's been released about Elizabeth Elliot called called Becoming Elizabeth Elliot by Ellen Vaughn. And we'll leave those two links in our show notes. Now, so we all know that Elizabeth Elliot was an amazing missionary and a very powerful um, Bible teacher. And, you know, that legacy uh, has lived on through her daughter, Valerie. And so today we have Valerie with us, and she's going to share uh, how God brought her into a deeper understanding of grace and of living in dependence on him and how that resulted into joy inside of her walk with God. And so if you're feeling like a failure in your walk with God or or maybe in parenting or, or whatever it is, you are going to be so blessed with today's message. And just to give you background, Valerie was born in Ecuador, uh, she was the daughter of Jim and Elizabeth Elliot. And in a nutshell, their miraculous story is that Valerie and Elizabeth lived with an Indian tribe that savagely murdered uh, Valerie's father, Elizabeth's husband, Jim Elliot, when he was reaching out to them to try to share the gospel. Well, through their living, with them and translating uh, the story of Jesus by learning their language, that Indian tribe was changed forever. Many of them received truth and never killed again. And Valerie has carried on that torch of godly living and sharing the light of Jesus with others. She's been a pastor's wife for 45 years. She homeschooled eight Children, I know we have a lot of homeschool moms out there that tune into the Treasure Tribe. You're going to be really blessed with this, with her story today. And now she's a grandmother of eight, and she comes to join us today. So you can find out more about Elizabeth Elliott, but today I want to share Valerie with you and her insight. So let's dive right in. love to hear, we, you know, we can hear a lot about Elizabeth through the foundation and the book, but I'd love for you to tell our audience a little bit more about you and your family. Okay. All right. Well, I met my husband right as he was going to move into my mother's house as a boarder and as a helper. My stepfather was dying of cancer her second mm-hmm. husband, Addison Leach. Mm-hmm. And so my mother needed help. So she told Walt that 
She would give him free room and board if he could help her do errands, mow the lawn, anything that she asked him. And I met him and went off to Wheaton for my sophomore year. And we got to know each other that following spring and fall and fell in love. And we got married in 1976. Very thankful for how the Lord brought my husband to me, <laughs> who was living in my mother's house. And my mother got to know him before I did. So that's a was unusual and wonderful. Um, our family, we had our first child one year after we married. And I told my husband that I wanted 10 to 12 children. And wow. I had read... Uh, <laughs> I had read uh, Little Women and Cheaper by the Dozen and Five Little Peppers and How They Grew, which is an old-fashioned book about a family of five. And and because I was an only child, I thought the more the merrier, it would be wonderful to have lots of kids. Mm-hmm. And after we had our eighth one, my husband said, I think I think we should be done. I, <laughs> and I am very thankful for his wise uh, saying that because I would – each time I had a new baby, I would always think, why did I think I could do this? Because this is mm-hmm. challenging to have toddlers and babies. Mm-hmm. And uh, But the Lord the Lord gave us wonderful eight wonderful children, and they range from 28 years old to 43. And they live from California to the UK. And we have 11 grandchildren, and we're very, very thankful for every single one of them. Mm, that's beautiful. Um, and eight children. And we, we have a lot of listeners that, that homeschool their children. And so I, I'd mm-hmm. love to ask you, because I know that um, from the book, you can tell that uh, that Elizabeth um, grew up in an orderly home, that, that order yes. was, was uh, uh, a, a, a trait definitely that was woven throughout um, and so when you were growing up with Elizabeth, was that also <laughs> mirrored? And then how did that translate into how you, you parented? Yes, she definitely, of course, with only one child, she often said to me when I was having my mini and asking her advice, she would say, well, I only had one child. And so things were a lot simpler for me. Mm-hmm. And yes, there was definite exact timing on breakfast, lunch, and supper. Uh, I was expected, of course, to make my bed and to keep mm-hmm. my room neat and tidy. Mm-hmm. I was expected to do chores, especially on Saturdays, which is what she always thought the day was for house cleaning. Mm-hmm. And I was expected to be obedient and respectful. And fortunately, God gave me a compliant spirit. So I wanted to please her. I wanted mm-hmm. to do what was right and be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, order was very much honored in in our home and in my mother's home. And uh, the, I think one big difference from her own home, and she wrote about it in the book, The Shaping of a Christian Family. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful book, and it's an amazing book because the family was so disciplined and organized and orderly. Mm-hmm. Uh The one big difference, I think, is that my mother was much more physically affectionate with me than Grandpa and Grandma Howard were with their children. Mm -hmm. Now, the children would all say as adults, they knew their parents loved them, Mm -hmm. but they did not hear, I love you, as much as we hear it these days. And so my mother made it very clear and very sweet. She gave me hugs all the time. She kissed me. Good night mm-hmm. every morning. I mean, morning and 
night. She was very, very kind and affectionate. So I think she purposed in her heart to be that way for me, one, because my father was gone, and two, because she didn't want to be as cool or reserved as her mother and father were. Mm. So I'm very thankful for that. I also know that from knowing my Elliot grandparents, my father's parents, that they were very affectionate. So maybe my mother learned a lot from them and they, you know, couldn't stop hugging and kissing all their children and grandchildren. So I remember that. And as a little girl, I remember asking, whispering to my mother as we were, I was being sent to bed and the adults were all talking in the living room. And she said, I want you to say goodnight to everybody. And I whispered to her, do I have to kiss everybody? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Which is what Grandpa and Grandma Elliot would have done. They would have kissed me goodnight, you know, and so I I did put up with their hugs, but I I wasn't as used to everybody, you know, as as I was with them. So I'm very thankful. Um, My mother made life fun as well as it was very important to do the right thing, to do the next thing, very important to uh, do what was most important first and not fool around and play until my jobs were done or until my schoolwork was done. How did that translate um, into your parenting? Um, And, you know, did you do it a little bit different from your mom or was it all the same? Yes, I, I definitely wanted to do it exactly the same as my grandma Howard, my mother's mother, had done it. Mm-hmm. Because when I talked to her in high school about having a big family, because that was my desire, I said, Grandma, how did you do it? And mm-hmm. she said, well, you have to teach orderliness and you have to have a schedule and you have to discipline your children, expect them to be obedient. And so all of that went into my head and brain and, and heart. And I thought, sure, that's, of course, what I'm going to do not knowing how difficult it was with my own sin and children's sin and my own personality being a, I'm a very um, spontaneous and random person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I definitely tried. uh, And with eight children, four of them were quite obedient and compliant and four of them were quite challenging, Mm -hmm. uh, some harder than others. But yes, it was something that I, really wanted to do. And the more I tried and failed, the more I began to think I'm a failure as a mother, though that Mm -hmm. was the biggest desire of my heart to have Mm -hmm. lots of children. And I I, uh, went away from the table once we had five children around the table and the oldest three were fussing at each other and being rather nasty to each other. And I had always been saying, be sweet to each other, be kind to each other. And, you know, mm-hmm. teaching them about the kindness of the Lord. And I just got up from the table and went back to our bedroom to cry. Mm-hmm. And my husband followed me and he said, Val, what is the matter? And I said, well, I can't get over how mean and nasty these kids can be. And and why are they so sinful? And why why is it so hard to teach them? to be sweet and kind. Mm -hmm. And you have to remember that because I was an only child, I had no conflict. And I had Indian children around me till I was eight and a half who wanted to do basically whatever I suggested. And I was the only one with blonde hair. And so they Mm -hmm. looked at me as an oddity. And yet they also Mm -hmm. knew that I loved to have fun. So Mm -hmm. I sometimes thought of crazy ideas or things that weren't very wise, but I 
was generally obedient and just uh, playing with the kids. And, and I wanted to be kind to them. In fact, one of the Wyodani children who I played with the most was the one child that was probably the brunt of many jokes and was made fun of because he was kind of a fussy, whiny child. Mm -hmm. And I remember wanting to be sweet and kind. So I go back to the bedroom. My husband comes back and I said, I said what I already told you. And then he said that, Val, you have to remember these are normal children. Yeah. And I said, well, yeah, but, but I'm always teaching. We're both teaching them to love one another and to be kind. Why is it so hard? And he said, they're sinners. That's why. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, I grew up in a family of, I'm the oldest of five. And he said, I was nasty to my sisters. (laughs) And that Uh was a, oh, sudden realization. Okay. If my husband was this way and they have a wonderful family, wonderful parents, then I guess I better accept the fact that these children will sin against each other. They're They're not going to be as loving and kind as I wanted all of them to be all the time. So that was something I fought against their meanness because I just loved being sweet. I I wanted, (laughs) I wanted my children to be sweet to each other. So I can say that I tried with orderliness and there were chores expected after breakfast for all of the children that could do chores. And that means from three on up, I really believe three-year-olds can carry waste baskets to the big trash can or, mm-hmm. you know, they can do little chores like that. So I truly believe that children should be taught to work. Mm-hmm. And so I had a chore chart and sometimes I changed the the chores for each person or sometimes I was making new charts all the time thinking one chart didn't work very well and needed to try a different kind and anyway we they did know that they were supposed to help in the household duties and I think looking at them now as adults they're all quite willing to work they're all quite willing to Mm -hmm. you know wash dishes when dishes need to be washed and I'm very very thankful because they were in the habit of having to do chores at home. So that was one thing I would say I was orderly about expecting them to help and expecting them to be kind to each other. But it was also something that I had to come to a final acceptance, probably Mm -hmm. when the oldest two were eight or 10 Mm -hmm. an acceptance of, okay, these are sinners. And my husband and I, will always love them but to train them kindly and patiently was a huge challenge um and to and we did we expected obedience so we had spankings which of course in these days most families are not doing but i truly believe that just one or two good whacks on the back of the leg with a stick we used a paint stick really really helped they knew they had to obey, and I also always talked to them after I disciplined them about what it meant to the Lord to help them, to right. uh, ask for forgiveness, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm, I think at the time, up until I had been married 15 years, I just thought it was so hard, and I did have my quiet times and, and loved finding help in the Bible, mm-hmm. but... It wasn't until 1992 that my husband and I had a real new understanding of God's grace. Mm. And that changed 
that changed our outlook on raising children. I think before that, Mm -hmm. it was all about we better make these kids straighten up and they better turn out to be wonderful adults because of the way we're training them. But we also knew knew our own failures. And Mm -hmm. in 92, my husband and I uh, did a study of Galatians, and it really, really helped us to see that we'd been living for our own reputation and our approval of other people. Wow. I even though I had my mother's approval and she was always encouraging when she came to visit us, I still wanted to live up to her standards. And I sometimes just could not. Right. And so that that uh, Bible study really helped us to see that we couldn't live for our reputation, but we had to live for the glory of God. And we had to do it because he died for us and he was the one that was going to make us holy. That was a huge um, new revelation and new point of grace in our lives we know that we were christians before then Mm -hmm. but we did not understand how god was going to be with us through every difficulty and that he wanted to help us i thought you know i thought because i had such amazing parents i should be an amazing mother (laughs) right shake rattle and roll and 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 i would say because i think that um every mother can kind of relate to this on on some level the that the benchmark of if we're doing well is are our children, you know, rising to certain standards. And then when they don't do it, we, we throw the light back on us. Like, what did I, I'm a failure. What did I do wrong? And, and very well, we could have done some wrong things in our parenting. I've certainly made tons of mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um, but I love what you just brought out, and I'm telling mm-hmm. you, we have lots of mama bears that that homeschool and are, and are doing things with children. Galatians is probably a great book for every mother to read. Yeah. But but yeah. I love what you just said, and I don't want our listeners to miss this point, um, because this certainly has just really, um, really sits with me that mm-hmm. why we're doing something is is so important and that yes. there can be that's where shame enters into the picture where we're trying to live up to a person's standards instead yes. of doing it because the Lord is is calling us to do it exactly. and and that grace mm-hmm. is not just when I'm saved but that I'm designed for dependence and so literally every day Every day I've got to be on my knees, you know, asking yeah. God's help and yeah. and praise God for that. That we yeah. th- that we are in that place because it it takes the pressure off of us. And it, and it's sort of mm-hmm. like um God is really teaching me now on um on anger and and showing me how even you know, I don't have outburst of anger, but I I can get passive aggressive and he's showing me that you know what you need to change, but the only way you're going to change is is through me, is pressing into me when those when those times mm-hmm. come. And I think that's such a powerful point that it's turning mm-hmm. to the Lord mm-hmm. where where the change happens. Um, was there um, is that sort of capturing what? Uh, what I, I'd love for you to impact just a little bit more, and I, I read in your biography too that one of the hallmarks of what you like to teach and pass on to people is uh, is how to live in God's grace with joy. So was that sort of the turning point with that? And is 
is yes. this. That was a huge turning point. And we began to, I remember training my two youngest with a new sense of God's presence with me when I was having to give them a spank or mm-hmm. just take them to the bat. We always took them to the bathroom to be away from the crowd and seriously talked to them. And I know that the Lord just gave me a new and gentle spirit that I wanted all along with all of them. But it was this sense of his presence. I wanted to honor him by taking them to the bathroom to to properly discipline them, not not out of uh, losing my control, which I didn't always. You know, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that I was a complete mess before this happened. I think the Lord had given me I'm naturally a kind person. I mean, he gave Mm -hmm. me kindness in my heart. So uh, there were times, of course, when I was disciplining my children with anger. And I did have to go to them afterwards and say, I am so sorry for the way Mm -hmm. I talked to you or the way I spanked you because I was really angry and I want Mm -hmm. you to, I need your forgiveness. Mm -hmm. But I also understand when I would tell the children that, that I had to go to the foot of the cross and ask Jesus to forgive me for the way I behaved. Mm -hmm. And as long as I made that very clear to them, you know, and didn't keep anger in my heart and, and continually Mm -hmm. cause them resentment because I did never apologize. No, apologizing was something quite quick and easy for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that was just the Lord's grace doing that in Mm me. And so I just had a new sense of his helping and his presence Mm -hmm. when I was disciplining the youngest three. Mm -hmm. And of course in 92, the, the third to the, the third to the youngest is Evangeline. And she was, let's see, uh, six or seven years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, I think every one of us Christian mothers have to go through periods of, of reorienting ourselves to the Lord and Mm -hmm. saying, Lord, I know that I cannot do this by myself. Mm -hmm. I know that you will help me and I'm going to depend on you more and more because Mm -hmm. we want his spirit in us. And if we don't have his spirit, when we're talking, disciplining our children, and I, I would say one thing that just came to mind is sometimes we talk to our children with way too many words. And the poor child is overwhelmed mm-hmm. with the number of words we're we're saying to them. You know, very earnestly, we're trying to get them to straighten up. And really, we just need a few words. We just need to say, I love you. And that was disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever punishment we have decided that that disrespect uh, right. warranted. Right. We, we really have to show the children constantly that we need Jesus just as much as they do. Yeah. 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 Amen. Amen. That's a great point. Um, I would love to know, um, I, you know, I know that your mother taught you a lot, but were you able to, uh, to reach into her life and share with her about, you know, this big turning point in your faith about grace? I'd love for you to share about that. Yes. I was telling her, about this study that uh, Walt and I took about six months to finish. And I was telling her what a change it had made in, in our marriage, as well as in our understanding of of how we could be holy. And that is, of course, with complete dependence on the Holy Spirit and Jesus. 
And, and she looked at me with uh, understanding and with some puzzlement. And she said, you know, I think I need more grace in my talks. Wow. And I said, and when I talk, Mama, I probably need to talk more about discipline. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I talk so much about the grace that, mm-hmm. that changed our lives. Mm-hmm. I, I could give the impression, you know, that, well, discipline's not really necessary anymore because we're now full of grace and we're just wonderful and when we talk to our children but we're not um we always need his help in whatever we're saying but i would just caution mothers to be careful how many words they pour out Mm -hmm. to try to get their children to straighten out because the children need the lord as well as your prayers and they need your love and they need kind words yeah yeah to help them to see what jesus is doing for us and not too many words, especially for little ones. Right. Because it's too overwhelming. That's, that's great, great advice. Um, and I think so beautiful how God works within family that, you know, we learn from each other. Um, and I brought that up because I know, uh, my boys now are 22 and 20 and, Sometimes when we have deep conversations about faith, I'm learning new things from them, which is, you know, that that's beautiful. So I love that, you know, that you learned from your mother, but then she was able to learn from you. And another thing that I see um, inside of this is how with leaving a legacy uh, for our godly legacy for our children, that Mm -hmm. it's really not about following a standard so much as it is pressing into the Lord and Absolutely. and parenting and depending on him uh, to parent and that we will make mistakes and we will do things, you know, that are not exactly all right. Um, right. And how with each generation that we can make new choices and, uh, and walk in. And, and I want to go back to something that you said about grace that, that I'd love. Um, you said that when you were learning in Galatians, you were learning how to be, how we could be holy. And that's through complete dependence on the Lord. Um, yes. And can you unpack that a little bit more? Because, you know, holiness is really wholeness, right? That we, yeah. um, it's it's a great, because God's ways, he gives them to us because he loves us, but also we do live differently. And in doing that as Christians, that we do shine the light back on God. But I think yeah. that there's a sense, I think, that Christians can feel hopeless for much, you know, we, we have these standards that we are trying to live up to and we fail. We can't do it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. then it's almost kind of like we say about grace. Well, but that's okay because I'm saved and, and God loves me. And that's true. But grace goes deeper than that, right? Grace is something that I can press into when mm-hmm. I see that there's this area in my life that the Holy Spirit is, is nudging me to work on. Um, is that, would you unpack that a little bit more? I think this is so important. Yes. Well, this walking with the Lord through the day and depending on him to help you by listening to that still small voice, Mm 
many, many, many times I have been aware that that still small voice I'm behaving as if is just two parts of my mind arguing with each other. And I, I want to ignore that other voice because I want to go do this thing. And I've really learned that if I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit, which of course means throughout the day, walking with the Lord, loving him for his glory, not trying to bring, bring glory to myself, but mm-hmm. walking humbly. I really have learned that when I have ignored that still small voice that's arguing with the, the me side, mm-hmm. it's not arguing. It's simply saying it quite simply and clearly what I need to go do. Mm. Uh, then I have later on realized how if I had done the thing that I knew eventually I did understand the spirit was saying to me, mm-hmm. you need to go do this now. Mm-hmm. If I had done it at that time, it would have been perfect timing. And then on the times when I did listen, you know, because of course it's more rare to to do exactly as I've heard. But when I have listened to that still small voice, I have done it and I am amazed at how his timing was perfect. It was absolutely yeah. exactly what I needed to do at that time. And I got it done mm-hmm. when I have had a whole bunch of things on my list, as most of us women do, mm-hmm. and I'm overwhelmed and I think, how am I going to get all these things done? Well, by sitting down with that list, and as my mother used to say, thy list be done, Lord, not mine. Mm-hmm. Thy list be done. We put fewer things on that list. And yes. most executives mm-hmm. will say you can't usually get more things, more than three things, maybe mm-hmm. six, mm-hmm. depending on how small they are, more than three things done in one day. So just aim at getting the three important things done. And for some young moms, it may be just getting three meals on the table. Right. You know, uh, getting some wash put in the washing machine, but not overwhelming yourself with this chore, this chore, this chore, this chore. Mm -hmm. And sometimes mothers really don't ask their older children to help. They they are actually spoiling their children, but not expecting them to work. Um, So I would say that I. With reading the Bible and I've most often early in the morning has Mm -hmm. been my time to read the Bible. And that is even that little thing is not something that we can say to women. That is the only time that's holy, right? Whatever time the Lord uh, shows you is best for you to spend that time alone with him. Then you do that. Don't, don't ever feel like, don't ever feel like those of us who who do get up early in the morning are looking down on you. If you have a quiet time Uh at two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, where was I going with that? Really depending on the Lord throughout the day and saying, Holy Spirit, I need your guidance and I need your help and I need the energy to do what needs to be done. But help me to see the difference between what needs to be done and what needs to be done and what I think needs to be done, which mm-hmm. is usually way more, way more than what he wants me to do. Mm-hmm. And and my mother would remind me of that as she saw me buzzing around doing many different things. She'd say, Val, you, you're, you're trying to do so much. Mm-hmm. And yes, with big families, you do have a lot mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the spirit of, of depending on Jesus, he is the one I am to walk with in the light. He is the light and he is my strength. 
Mm-hmm. And his Holy Spirit will guide me if I will listen to that still small yes. voice. But I so often would rather go do this instead of the mm-hmm. thing that needs to be done. And, and I tend to be, Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Valerie. <clears throat> I was going to... No, you go ahead. I'm just so excited. I... Because I, I, uh, I, I know that there's going to be so many women that are going to be blessed through this. Isn't it amazing to you how... When you listen, like when you're in that place where you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit and you start following and you're just like, oh my goodness, did you see what God just did? And, and it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, it, it is really beautiful the way that God works. Um, and, and what I've noticed and where now I am with my faith journey is that it's a moment by moment walk with the Lord and that my days are not my own and, uh, and to be sensitive to him. It's not like yesterday I had this day where I was sensitive with the Holy spirit. And then today I can go and be self-reliant. It's, it's, it's moment, moment by moment. Um, so I just, I love that. Um, Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a woman that I'm connected to with treasured ministries, um, and I remember when we were studying together, and she's older than I am, but she was saying, when your children interrupt you, let that be a divine interruption. You know, don't mm-hmm. be so regimented in your day that you can't mm-hmm. uh, open yourself up to, to God's plans. And I love that you brought out the list. Because mm-hmm. again, I think there's another standard. If I get my list done then mm-hmm. I am successful. But really, yes. success, biblically speaking, I would say, and I'd love to get your opinion on this too, is really faithfulness. Waking up yes. every morning, like you're saying, Holy Spirit, what what do you, like where, okay, where are we going today? And I'm I'm just your servant to, to follow mm-hmm. you. And if that means a neighbor rings on my doorbell and interrupts my day, then I can focus in, uh, there. Yes. Um, yes. And my mother, my mother learned also from Amy Carmichael that those yeah. interruptions were divine. Uh, most often, sometimes they're not, but the, mm-hmm. the Lord brings people to you because he wants you to be serving him in helping them. Yeah. And I, I know that again, not that I am very faithful to always listen to that still small voice, mm-hmm. but I just know that when I have, I have just been so amazed afterwards at how perfectly in order it was. It needed mm-hmm. to be done at the time that I did it. And I am one who loves to go out and garden, take a walk, uh, do anything outside that I can if the weather is nice. I love to let that interrupt me from what needs to be done inside. I'm also one that doesn't like to deal with papers and filing and having to answer things. I, I'm very, very, that's my big weakness. So I procrastinate. Mm-hmm. And you asked about <clears throat> times when my mother and I, uh, just in my growing up, what I remember of her, her ways and our relationship. And so I will tell you two little stories. Uh, when I was about eight or nine, we had moved to New Hampshire and 
I love taking a bath in my mother's blue bathtub. <laughs> and my grandmother had blue. a blue bathtub too. Yeah. <laughs> her favorite color was blue. I'm so, so she got the fixtures in her bathroom to be blue. So I'm taking a bath and I'm splashing and singing. And I did not know that the single woman who lived with us, who had been my mother's best friend at Wheaton, who was also a missionary in the Sudan. Her name was Eleanor Vandevoort. I called her Aunt Van. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that Aunt Van was actually recording my silly talking in the tub and singing. So you hear the click of the door handle and you hear my mother's voice on the recording saying, Valerie Elliott, and always calm but firm. If you are not in bed by quarter to nine, you will be punished. Very clear, Mm -hmm. precise wording. You will be punished. And I answer her in a very sassy way. I say, plenty time, plenty time, darling. What are you thinking of? (laughs) And and you don't hear any more from my mother. But Mm -hmm. I assume that I did get to bed because I don't remember being punished. Mm -hmm. Um, But the, the crazy thing is that I didn't think of that story for a long, long, long time. I might have shared it with my kids that I was uh, putting off doing what needed to be done and that, that, you know, that I needed to teach them the same thing to do it when it needs to be done. Mm -hmm. But I'm doing a a devotional one day and we lived in uh, Greer, South Carolina and the whole church was doing a 50 day journey with uh, Karen Burton Maine's husband. I can't remember his name, but he had a radio chapel of the air Mm -hmm. radio show. And so he wrote this 50-day journey for churches to use. So we were doing that. And in one of the studies on one morning was, what is your besetting sin? That Hebrews 12 passage where um, you have to fling off the things yeah. that are holding you back. Mm-hmm. And Hebrews it asked, 12, 1 and 2. Yep. That's right. It asked in the devotional, what is the thing that you know is your weakness? And do you know what came to me that moment? It was the Holy Spirit. It was plenty time, plenty time, darling. <laughs> do you know it suddenly dawned on me that I had been saying that to anybody, my mother, my husband, my children, whenever I didn't want to do what needed to be done, mm. I would procrastinate and mm. I got into trouble with it over and over again. And still do have to really watch myself that I'm not putting off what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I heard a quote just this past year, because I still struggle with this, not wanting to do the thing that's the most important. Now, in the morning, I don't have any trouble coming to read my Bible and praying. But there are definitely things that distract me from it, too. The Mm -hmm. phone is a main big Mm -hmm. distraction. But Mm -hmm. I want to send a devotional to somebody, you know, so that takes time out of the reading of his word. But. When I realized that procrastination was my besetting sin, I began to really try harder not to put things off. And I forgot where I was going with this, except to say that my mother, do you remember? Yes, I remember her saying when she would tell me to do something, Val, do it now and do it thoroughly. Mm -hmm. Don't put it off. Mm -hmm. And she would often bring me back to a job that I had suddenly left, not done. Mm -hmm. I had started it, but then I got distracted Mm -hmm. and she would bring me back to it. She'd say, Val, um, let's see, there's there's a little saying she would say, if a thing has once begun, 
never leave it till it's done. Mm. Be it, I can't remember the rest of it, but I'm sure it's in one of her talks. Be it little or be it big, something like that. Those aren't mm. the right words. Uh, do it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that, and then one thing at a time, and that done well, is a very good lesson, as many can tell. I had to say that to myself over and over again as I was trying to do many things at once. Mm-hmm. You're answering little ones. You're trying to get the meal on. You're mm-hmm. having to answer the phone for mm-hmm. some urgent thing. You know, I, I just, I, my mother so clearly used her time to the best advantage, uh, you know, that she could. And she had a very regular schedule, which helped her get a lot done Mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She answered all the letters that she ever received, either by postcard or a personal letter or a a form letter, which she could get a secretary to finish for her. She, Mm -hmm. she had a, you know, basic stock answers that she would have to send to people, but she really did answer every single letter. She got up at in the morning, she had her reading with the Lord, and then she would uh, start to write by 6.30 or 7, mm-hmm. write whatever article or book she was working on, and then she would go down right at quarter to 8 and start breakfast, and her husband and she ate breakfast at 8 o'clock every morning, and then she'd go, as soon as kitchen was cleaned up, she'd go right back to her study, and she'd write and write and answer letters about where to speak when she was speaking and then in the afternoon she'd take a 45 minute walk and then she might read uh, some and she also in the early morning read a good book besides the bible and had prayer time Mm -hmm. but she would read and then she'd go back to her letters write more letters Mm -hmm. and get them done by five and five o'clock she'd go and start supper they'd sit down at six o'clock i mean it was never any change in that routine when she was at home wow that's wow. always set up for me because I am a very runabout, silly, mm-hmm. oh, I want to go do this. I'd rather do this than that, that kind mm-hmm. of thinking, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a wonderful um, example. It still is. And and I did want to share one story about her sweet, loving prayers and singing with me every night. Mm. When we lived with the Wyodani Indians, whom at the time we called Alkas, and Alka is a Quechua word. That's the other Indian tribe we lived with. Mm-hmm. Quechua word for savages. But once they began to understand, not only they knew they had done wrong when they killed the five men, but then they began to understand there was an outside world that was curious about them. And they wanted to be known not as savage, because that's what Alka meant. They wanted to be known as the people. So their word, Waodani, is just the people. That's their name for their tribe. So anyway, we're in this little thatched roof hut with no walls on a dirt floor Mm -hmm. the first year and a half that we lived with them. My mother slept in a hammock right next to me, and I had a bamboo bed on Mm -hmm. logs Mm -hmm. and a little woolen sleeping bag. And my mother had a fire going all night because all of the Alcas, all the Wyodani had to have fires to keep them warm at night. Everybody had a fire in their house. Mm -hmm. So during the night, you would have to wake up and push the logs together and get the fire, you know, reignited or just blow on it with a fan. They had a fan they made out of macaw feathers. Mm -hmm. And so she'd do that. And every night before we went to bed, which was 6.15 at night, 6.30, 6.15, we were falling asleep because the sun went down at that time, and all the Indians went to sleep then. 
she would sing to me. She would pray with me. She would ask me to pray. And uh, we would, she even typed down some of my prayers, which are cute, but pretty funny too. Um, but anyway, that she prayed that the Lord would watch over us and his mm-hmm. angels were watching over us. And she also taught me that the Lord was my shepherd. And we sang not only that hymn, the Lord is my shepherd, but she sang to me, Jesus, tender shepherd, hear me. Bless thy little lamb tonight. Through the darkness be thou near me. Keep me safe till morning light. Mm -hmm. And two more verses, which you can look up on the internet, which are beautiful. But anyway, you have a I beautiful trusted. voice, by the way. Oh, that was very pretty. Thank you. <laughs> I trusted her word. She really taught me that we were we were protected and we were fine, yeah. so I was not afraid. But we knew there were jaguars in the jungle and there were yeah. ocelots and there were also very many poisonous snakes. Yeah, that so, was amazing to me. That so you, one night, yeah. yeah, one night she uh, did the usual, prayed with me. We went mm-hmm. to sleep and she woke up during the night to stir up her fire and mm-hmm. she saw a black circle on my stomach. Cause I was sleeping on my back mm-hmm. and really? she hoped that it was just a puddle of water from the roof, which often leaked, but she touched it with her stick that she pushed the logs with. And it was a black snake and it just slid it off my bed and right off into the jungle. And it could have been a very poisonous snake, but she never told me if she did. Oh I goodness. do not remember it at all, yeah. but she, she just simply thanked the Lord that I was safe. I had not been bitten. Mm. And that is how the Lord protected us. I mean, she wow. just they taught me the truth that God was with us and he had brought us to live with these Indians. And though he and so he was going to take care of us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was an amazing time of my I didn't know at the time my mother is really trusting the Lord here. Mm-hmm. I just saw that example by her never showing me worry or alarm. Wow. She never said, oh, don't, don't, you know, be careful. Don't go in that part of the jungle. Don't. She never said that as far wow. as I know. Wow. I mean, the Indian children and I would go running off into the jungle. We would sometimes get these wild fruits that were delicious. And mm-hmm. they, the Alka women, Waurani women, <clears throat> had a little garden where they planted their manioc, which was their staple food. Mm-hmm. And we had to go down a little trail to go to it. And one time I came back all by myself from the trail. I don't know if I'd gone to the garden by myself, but anyway, she said, Val, did you go by yourself? And I said, yes. And because usually I had Indian children with me mm-hmm. and she said, and, and you weren't afraid. And, and, you know, she wasn't looking alarmed at all. She just said, and you weren't afraid. And I said, no. And then I thought about it. And I said, I said, well, maybe jellyfish and tigers. And my mother just laughed. She said, Val, you know, jellyfish, you saw the National Geographic and you Mm -hmm. saw that jellyfish are in the ocean. Mm -hmm. And she said, and tigers, we don't have tigers here. We do have pumas or jaguars. Mm -hmm. But she said, they come out at nighttime. So the Lord had protected me again. And again, I did not see any fear in her. So Mm -hmm. I was perfectly happy just running about with these Indian children and going into the river where there could have been anacondas, boa Mm -hmm. constrictors. Mm -hmm. And yet the Lord just protected us continually. The worst I Mm -hmm. ever got were some bumblebee stings on my face Mm -hmm. and my eyes swelled shut for two days. 
And I had some parasites in my feet that I remember my mother washing my feet carefully and putting medicine on them each mm-hmm. night. And that mm-hmm. went away. It wasn't mm-hmm. something I had forever, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm just so thankful for her example of trusting the Lord. Mm. Wow. That's pretty, you know, and I, I mean, for all the mama bears out there listening, I love what you just said. You didn't see fear in in your mom. And I think, no. you know, we're, we're not in a jungle, um, right. but there are very real uh, dangers, you know, in this world. And I know um, just when my children were little, just, you know, you're afraid of whatever can happen to them. Um, what, you know, we can translate that, that really, what are we modeling uh, for our children is it trusting right. God or is it fear? And, yeah. you know, and I know for me, uh, just being an anxious person, I think, you know, one of my children learned that from me just by watching me and how how I handled it. Um, but mm-hmm. they also learned positive, you know, good good things from me. And then praise mm-hmm. the Lord um, and his grace, how he how he works it out. But I, I love mm-hmm. that. And what a beautiful picture um, and a wonderful note for us to, to end on. This has been such a great podcast. I wish I could visit with you all day and ask like a million <laughs> questions, but I know we have things to do, right? We have things to do, but I just, yeah. I just yeah. want to kind of review just this wisdom that, that we've gleaned uh, from today. And, um, and the first thing that I would say is I love how you said this, that, you know, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit throughout the day mm-hmm. and responding to that right away, mm-hmm. that that is a part of grace and that right. that we can depend on God, not just for our salvation. Um, I'm thinking mm-hmm. Galatians 3, did you start out, you know, and now, now we're just on our own. Know that we can depend on the Lord day Mm -hmm. by day, every single day, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So I love that. And I would say Mm -hmm. Galatians, what a great book to read. So if you're a mama bear or if you're struggling right now with standards, um, Mm -hmm. what a great book to dive into. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing that I wanted to Mm -hmm. just say in the wrapping up. And then, um, and I love how with leaving a legacy that we do learn from our parents but ultimately, we're learning from the Lord and mm-hmm. that our children are going to be different from us. They're going to do different things and that, it, and, and that's a good thing, that we're always mm-hmm. learning. We're always growing deeper in the Lord, mm-hmm. that we learn from our parents. Um, mm-hmm. But then also Jesus continues to teach us. Um, so right. I love that. And I love how... You know, we're, we're created differently inside of our families and that your mom mm-hmm. brings that, uh, that steadfast uh, order and discipline and you bring mm-hmm. the spontaneity um, in. And, mm-hmm. and so together, um, how the Lord orchestrates even that just to balance, mm-hmm. uh, balance things out. And then I love, I have to highlight this. I have to highlight this because this was so great. Um, that with our quiet time with the Lord, we need to pray about when, when that is, especially uh, for young moms. I think, I think sometimes we can say, well, you know, I didn't get it done. And so then, 
that's it and just just give up but that if jesus is lord of the sabbath right that we can ask him mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. what does spending time with you in this season look like mm-hmm. for me and not to get caught up in how elizabeth elliot does it or valerie shepherd or you know or mm-hmm. anybody but just to really yeah. um press into god and mm-hmm. uh so i i love that I love mm. that. And when the Lord speaks, do it right away. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Do it immediately. Well, and it works. Well, it, yes, it, it does. So much better if we do it right when we know that Spirit is telling us to do that. Yes. The Holy Spirit. Yes. 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 Well, and in closing today, I want to say thank you so much um, for sharing one of the things. If you get Eliz- the book Becoming Elizabeth Elliot, uh, that you'll see is that. The book is filled with um, quotes from Elizabeth's journals and that, you know, you uh, you were part of that agreeing to, to share the journals. And that was a very special gift um, for mm-hmm. me to see that um, just the that Elizabeth, you know, I'd always respected her and just thought she's this super Christian, you know, but Elizabeth yeah. was also a woman and a person and all of those things. And that was such a sweet gift to me. And it made me respect her all the more. And it truly is. It was a transformational book inside of my faith journey. So thank you so much mm-hmm. uh, for, yeah. for doing that. And, mm-hmm. and then the foundation, I want to point people back to that and we'll leave the link, but it's Elizabeth And if you go to the website, you can sign up for the newsletter and you'll get devotions which which are absolutely um fantastic mm-hmm. valerie this was so precious and sweet thank you so much for having me i appreciate being able to share with other mothers uh it is my longing to encourage younger mothers and especially i want to say this that i prayed when i had my third child mm-hmm. I thought, how am I going to get up early when she usually needs to be nursed right when I want yeah. to read my Bible? Yeah. And I asked the Lord to please wake me up during the night when he knew everybody would be asleep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know how long I did that, but it sure worked. I would wake up wide awake and suddenly mm-hmm. think, he's woken me up to read the Bible. And it, it was a wonderful, wonderful thing. I don't remember doing that with every single baby afterwards. Mm-hmm. I just know that it was very clear how he was giving me that special time without anybody else needing me. Wow. And I'm so thankful for it. So I would encourage young moms to just ask God, when is the best time? And also not to expect mm-hmm. to have to read an hour's worth of Bible reading and prayer, but mm-hmm. just to have maybe 10 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, just whatever the Lord gives you, be thankful for those few minutes, I also really believed in having a quiet time after lunch. I'm sorry, I'm taking past your 45 minutes. You're good. You're good. You're good. I know. I know that this is going to be so valuable. So you were okay with having a quiet time after lunch? Yes, I definitely did that for the children, and it didn't always mean they were sleeping. It just meant they had to keep themselves entertained for at least 45 minutes, if not an hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I bet too by by setting those parameters too, then, then the children are seeing you in the word, which just like how you said, Elizabeth Elliot 
was trusting God with the snakes and the jaguars and, and all of mm-hmm. that going on, mm-hmm. she wasn't, you know, telling you, trust God, trust God. She was modeling it. And, right. you know, as parents, we want our children to follow the Lord and to be in the word. What what better way to do it than to do it while they're awake and just say, can you sure. play can you yeah. you play for 20 minutes? I'm going to set this timer, and Mommy is going to go have some prayer time. I mean, yes. I wish I'd I, – that, to me, seems like such a – I mean, you're modeling it for them. You're giving yourself that time, and mm-hmm. and even if you started with 10 minutes, and then you're teaching the child, this is important to Mom. So yes, how beautiful is that? Well, thank you so much. This has been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, Valerie Shepard. Here's to grace. Here's to grace from our great God above who is worthy of glory and honor and praise. I pray that you were blessed today. Valerie, thank you so much again. And for everybody listening today, may you press into the Lord, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and in doing so, the glory goes back to God, and you will find that there's nothing more exciting or beautiful than walking day by day, step by step with Jesus. Talk to you next week. Amen. Bye-bye. Thank you, Aileen. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you, Valerie.